0: Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Now, today, let's study the Passover and really what's the greatest miracle in the Old Testament, and that is the crossing of the Red Sea. Praise the Lord. Now, there were many great miracles, and as far as perhaps the greatest sacrifice that you would see in the Old Testament. Then you're looking at something like Abraham uh, endeavoring to offer Isaac, his son, up on the altar of sacrifice. But when we're looking overall at something that's the the involvement of the entire nation, of Israel, then the greatest miracle without question in the Old Testament is the children of Israel passing through the Red Sea, and all of this is centering around Passover. Praise God. Now, we know that this Sunday, we celebrate, Christians all over the world celebrate Passover and Resurrection Sunday when Jesus was raised from the dead. And I think it's very important that we understand that while God can do miracles anywhere, any place, any time, there is a truth that we see in the word of God that especially around Passover, there is like a plethora of miracles. There is a breakout of miracles, and that is because Passover is centered on the departure of the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, and into the freedom that God has for them. And we need to talk about it today because I believe that God has a Passover blessing and a Passover miracle ready, ready to be released into your life. So let's jump into it today. Exodus chapter 14, and let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for this beautiful day. And we thank you for the Feast of Passover. And Father, we know that Jesus is our Passover. He is the Passover Lamb. He is our Jubilee. He is our way out. He is our salvation. But we thank you, Father, that as we study these feasts, particularly today as we look at Passover, and as we connect with the anointing and the Spirit of Passover, we thank you for miracles taking place in our life. And we thank you, Father, that this is an appointed feast that will be kept forever throughout all ages, throughout all eternity, and we thank you that we are connecting with it today in Jesus' name. And around the world, we all agree and say, Amen. Exodus chapter 14, let's begin today in verse 15. Verse 15. Verse 15, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. You're about to read something that is so amazing, so powerful, that it even changed the way that God would later introduce himself to his people. Up until this time, the Lord would be known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you'll notice that after this great deliverance that God is going to work for his people, he would so often from here on in the Old Testament speak to his people, as I am the God that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And it begins to happen after this so often throughout so many of the books of the Bible that it is incredible how uh, how uh, you know God just loved that the tremendous work that He did and He would always use it as a reference point. Just a few examples like Jeremiah chapter thirty-four verse thirteen: "Thus says the Lord God of Israel: I made a covenant with your forefathers in the day that I brought them out." of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Daniel chapter nine, verse 15. And now, O Lord, our God, who have brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for yourself. I tell you, God made a name for himself in a very special way where he really revealed an element of his power. And so we see that referenced a lot From this moment forward. The book of Amos chapter 2 verse 10, it was I who brought you up from the land of Egypt, and I led you in the wilderness 40 years that you might take possession of the land of the Amorite. Amos chapter 3 verse 1, hear this word which the Lord has spoken against you, sons of Israel, against the entire family which he brought up from the land of Egypt. Micah, Chapter 6, verse 4. Indeed, I brought you up from the land of Egypt and ransomed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. But these are just a few examples. They there are so many that I could we could read for probably an hour, just all of the reference points where God, when he speaks to his people through his prophets, says, I'm the Lord that brought you out of Egypt. And that is what we are studying today the escape through the Red Sea. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 16 again, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now, here we have God speaking to Moses, a word of wisdom, supernatural word of wisdom, along with this wisdom, which is an instruction of something that you're supposed to step into and do. Along with that comes the release of the gift of special faith and then the working of a miracle. Now, there are certain gifts where you are on the receiving end and all you have to do is receive them. But with the gift of the working of of miracles, uh, God needs your involvement and Moses is directly involved in that. He has to stretch the rod out he has to speak the words, then God's going to back up those actions. But remember again, these things hinge around the divine instruction. So God told Moses to go forward. And if God would have said, go down, well, then they would have worked out something where maybe a drilling machine would have been brought on the scene. And then a tunnel would have been excavated, and they would have escaped by a tunnel. But no, God said, go forward. And I'm going to split the Red Sea for you. And so that's exactly what happened. Notice later, the Egyptians who did not receive that word, it was not spoken to them, they're going to try to do what the Israelites did, but it's not going to work for them. Why? Because the Egyptians represent those who are spiritually dead. Egypt was a type of the world. Pharaoh was a type or a symbol, a representation and a very good one of world satan. And so we see here that because they are Egyptians representing those who would be lost and without God, they don't know what faith is. They don't they don't have a, the measure of faith. And so they are trying to do what the people of faith are doing and it won't work for them. In a similar way when we follow the course, the plan that God has for our life. You have to walk it out by faith, but you also have to follow very carefully the leading of the Holy Spirit. You don't want to do something just because maybe your best friend did. Maybe they started a business in a certain area and it's doing really well. And you think, well, I'll do the same thing. I'll just go across town and I'll open up a business over here. But It could be that God told them to do that because after all, there's a million different businesses that you could go into, but you have to find out what God has for you and let the Lord speak to you, get into a calm place. You can't hear God when you are uh, troubled or confused, or you're all, you know, like a, a realm of frenzy going on. You have to get calm and hear the Lord And he'll speak to you, and he'll say yes or no, and he'll say, this is the way, you know, this is the route that I've got for you, and you follow that, and you'll find out that that word will perform in your life. But it certainly didn't work for the Egyptians. They tried to do what the Israelites did. And we know already the, one of the most famous stories in the world, they drowned in the Red Sea. But you're not going to drown, and you're not going to be a clown. You're going to go over, and you're going to go over in victory. Amen. You might as well start rejoicing right now. God's already got it all planned out, all work worked out for you. All you need to do is walk it out, and you walk it out how? By faith, Amen. That's what you're doing right now. This is going to be the greatest Passover you've ever had. Are you ready for this? I'm telling you this under the anointing of the Spirit. This is going to be the greatest Passover you've ever had in your life. Mm-mm. And it's only a few days away. Praise God. Now, don't, don't worry if you're watching this in the future. And maybe you're a few months past Passover, but now you're watching the video for the first time. There'll always be another one. There'll always be another one, but this one will be the greatest one you've had yet. And I believe, I believe you're going to see a touch of God's power in your life that you've never seen before. Remember, God made a name for himself right here, and uh, it went uh, worldwide, that incredible power reputation. Who else has ever done this? Nobody, but God Almighty. Let's find out more about it. Now, And and I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. And they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. You know, it's amazing how a wicked leader... Can take a nation in the wrong direction. If you have a good leader, you can be an influence for righteousness, and many, of course, will want to go along in the the right path. Uh, Even today, there are many, many Christians in the land of Egypt. Uh, there is one church that has, uh, last I saw, had about 70,000 members. They actually meet in a cave underground, the giant cavern system. Matter of fact, some years back when the pastor told the Lord, he said, Lord, I'm, I'm running out of room. There's no, we don't have any more room to put the people that keep coming to the church service. And the Lord said, there's room beneath your feet. And he said, What? The Lord said, there's room beneath your feet, and there was. There was a gigantic cave, and that's where they meet today. (laughs) Pretty amazing, amen. Praise the Lord. So we love our brothers and sisters in Egypt, and of course, they have a wonderful destiny in the Lord as well. Praise God. Verse 19, this is very interesting now, and the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved. And went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. All right, so we have a buffer now, a very good one. We have the angel of the Lord, and we also have the cloud that is now at the back of Israel, protecting them from the Egyptian army that can't get their hands on them because of that protection. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians. And the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. The enemy was so close, but they couldn't lay a hand on God's people. And you would think, now, how could this be? There's a cloud, and on one side, the cloud is thick darkness and And the Egyptians can't get through it, but on the other side, th- that cloud is giving light and illumination to God's people. And this is very important because when you watch, maybe like movies, Cecil B. Demille's famous movie of the Ten Commandments and uh, the Israelites crossing through the Red Sea. and many uh, actually every other, Uh, TV show that I've ever seen that tried to portray it. They show the Red Sea crossing for God's people happening during the daytime. But according to what we're about to see, God's people, the Israelites crossed at night and it's in the morning when the Egyptians are going to jump down in there and try to uh, do their thing. So this was actually like a, like a covert operation and God is moving them at night. Praise the Lord. That's why they got the light because they need it. Mm -mm. Now, verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea in the dry land and the water's were divided. There's really multiple miracles going on in this gigantic overall miracle. Let me give you an example. For instance, let's think for a moment about the Jordan River. Uh, People sometimes wonder, where are the headwaters of the Jordan River? In other words, where is all this water coming from that's flowing through the Jordan River? Well, somebody might say, well, it's the, it's the snow melting off of Mount Hermon. That's where it's coming from. And to a certain point, that is correct. But what a lot of people don't know is that two of the main sources of water that supply all of that water that you see in the Jordan River are coming from underground springs. One of them is really large. So you can't see it if you stand on the bank of the Jordan River. You can't see it, but underneath there is an underwater spring that's coming up and water is just pouring into the river that's already flowing. And there's several of those springs that are adding to the volume of that uh, water that's in the river. But it's like that in all of the oceans of the world and the big lakes of the world. In the oceans, you may come all the way down to bedrock and you may be at the very bottom of the ocean. But as scientists know, there are... Uh, underground springs that are feeding in into the oceans into the lakes and into um, the various seas of the world and that's no different with the Red Sea so it, it, there's a lot of miracles going on God split the sea and at the same time you know this wind is blowing is actually blew most likely for several hours but it's drying everything up But at the same time, there's no, even if it dried it up, but you still had underground springs, it's just going to get it all wet again. So God just put a, he put a blocker on all the moisture and God's people are going to walk over in this deeply submerged area. They're going to walk on dry ground. Wow. This is really, really uh, amazing. There are many uh, skeptics, you know, the doubters, powders and the do withouters, those that can't believe the Bible with its miracle nature, and they tried to maybe belittle these things away by saying, oh, uh, Moses knew when the tide was going in and coming out, and Pharaoh didn't know that. That's why he and his guys drowned and all of these other really lame excuses. But the fact of the matter is, is that we are looking at raw miracles, and they did go down into some, into a very deep area of the Red Sea, and uh, there's a lot of miracles going on here, especially this area where everything is completely dry. That's not normal uh, by any means. Now, verse 22, so the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea, okay, and so they're going down. They went down into the midst of the sea on the dry ground. This is very interesting, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The waters were a wall to them. Skip over to the next chapter just for a moment. Let me show you something. Exodus 15, verse 8, and with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The floods stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed In the heart of the sea. Now, that's what happened to the water. And it was, you know, stacked up because they were so, they were very deep down in. So there's like this gigantic skyscraper wall of water, you know, that they're looking at on each side. And it says that the waters were congealed. And what that means, uh, let me see if I can describe that to you. It means the water became like a gel like substance this is actually when it says the waters were congealed, they became a wall and they were congealed. This is the same word used in the book of Job chapter 10, verse 10. Let's take a look at it just for a moment. This is something interesting that Job uh, said about the Lord. He said, did you not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese? Okay. The word curdle, which is, uh, uh, process that milk can go through in in the uh, stage of getting the cheese. The word curdle is the same word uh, describing what happened to the waters there in the Red Sea when God congealed them or turned them into like jail. And it's the same word. He turned them into like he turned the water into like curdle. We have some wonderful uh, online church members in Wisconsin. And they sent us some Wisconsin cheese curds, and that's exactly what um, happened to Job. The, this is like the milk has been curdled. That's how you get cheese curds, and you can eat them, and they are a little more firm than what you would call like gel, okay? But they're still squishy, and they're they're not hard. So if you were if you had been walking through that. Uh, going down. Okay. So they went way down into the depth of the, of the sea. And if you would have put your hand, I'm sure many of them did. I know that if you'd have been walking through there, you probably would have done it. I know I would have, if you would have put your hand on that water, it would have felt like cheese curd. It would have felt like curdled milk. It's in a stage where it's not hard, but it's not soft. It's almost like a jail. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Now here's something fascinating. This is absolutely incredible. When you watch the movies, it shows the Israelites crossing through during the daytime. That's not correct. We know that they crossed at nighttime. Now... Here's something else interesting. If you watch the movies, and we understand that they have, a producer has creative license. He, he doesn't know everything, so he's going to try to uh, create the, the scene based upon his mental picturing of how he thinks it looked. Maybe he read the scriptures, but again, there is a lot going on here. The, the Jewish rabbis teach and, uh, out of oral tradition. And this is recorded in the Babylonian Talmud. And this was known even before that because it's passed down by oral tradition and by writing. The Jewish rabbis teach that when God split the sea, when you watch the TV shows or the movies, God, you, you see that like, okay, God split it. And then there's one path and everybody's going to follow this one path and get over to the other side. That's actually not what happened. When God split it, the Jewish rabbis teach that He split it into 12 lanes. Each tribe had their own lane through the water that they walked through with the mountain high wall on each side of congealed water. And this is also what the rabbis teach that when the 12 tribes were walking through, each in their own lane, down at the bottom, Where the water was congealed, there were actually like like holes or like windows through the water. So if, let's say you're the tribe of Judah, and you've got Reuben maybe marching next to you, you could have looked through those windows as you were walking, and you would have been able to communicate with the tribe next to you. (laughs) Pretty wild stuff. Amen. So the area of the sea where they crossed actually split into 12 lanes. So there were 12 walls of water, 12 lanes with windows in the walls. Absolutely incredible things going on here. Well, let me uh, dig into this a little bit even deeper. This is amazing. Think about this just for a moment because there were a lot of miracles packed into this epic event going on during Passover, okay? And I'm, tr- I'm here to tell you today that whenever you get the Passover, and a lot of it has to do with your knowledge of the word, which builds faith in you and releases your faith. I'm telling you, this is miracle time. Uh, Passover is like crazy, crazy miracles that God did for his people. And God's still doing incredible jaw-dropping miracles today. If you will believe and receive, God has a Passover miracle for you. Now listen to this. For the Israelites to get across the Red Sea, they had to do it in one night, okay? Now, if they went on a narrow path, and let's say they went double file, okay? You got a line here, you got a line here. Remember, there's three million of them. So if they went on a narrow path and they went double file, yeah, double file, the line would be 800 miles long and would require... 35 days and 35 nights to complete the crossing. Wow. So to get it over in one night, there had to be a space really wide in the Red Sea, and it had to be at least three miles wide so that the Israelites, three million of them coming through in one night, could walk with 5,000 lined up. At go, you know, like wide, 5,000 abreast. In other words, you could have looked to your left. Uh, you could have looked over this way. You got 2,500 people this way. You could have looked over this way. You got another 2,500 going this uh, uh, next to you over here, and you're all moving forward. And right behind you after that, you got another wave of 5,000 going back, back, and back. And that's how wide it had to be for 3 million people to cross in one night. Praise God. And unlike the the movie of Moses and the Ten Commandments, uh, where they showed people, you know, hobbling along and some people being carried on stretchers and people climbing over rocks. No, they were moving. Everybody was touched with God's power uh, and anointing. There was nobody in a wheelchair. There was nobody with an oxygen tank. There was nobody that said, you know, I've got a lung problem. I can't walk. No, everybody was moving and walking, whoo, praise God, through those 12 different lanes, one each for each tribe. Praise God. I'm telling you, it was a mind boggling miracle. Mm -mm. Now, of course, when they pop up on the other side, they're going to have to camp. And every time the Israelites camped, it took up the size of the state of Rhode Island. Have Have you ever been in a group of 3 million people? I have seen 1 million people together in one field, and it's gigantic. So 3 million people, and you need a little space. By the way, they've calculated all of this by the way that the Roman soldiers would march in battle formation, how close the person is to your left, right, in front, and back, how much room you need to move and stuff like that. So it's not hard to figure out these numbers, but every time Israel camped, they needed the size of the state of Rhode Island in order to stop, sit down, and set up their camp. Here's something else interesting I want you to understand, and this was, this was, figured out and calculated by a former U.S. Army quartermaster general. And this is what he said based upon his knowledge of soldiers getting provisions and food supplied to the U.S. military. This is what he said were the basic requirements that the children of Israel needed on a daily basis. First of all, he calculated that Moses would need 1,500 tons of food a day. That's enough to fill two freight trains with each of the freight trains being one mile long. Think about that. If the food was going to be brought in to the Israelites, you need two freight trains, each of them being one mile long. Load it! Load it with food. By the way, how would you get it into the desert? Because eventually they're going to end up in the center of the desert with blistering heat. How do you keep the food preserved? How do you refrigerate the food? How do you even get it in and keep it fresh? By the way, if you're going to cook, which you would need to do eventually, if you're bringing food in, then you would need 4,000 tons of firewood every single day. That's eight more trains each a mile long. And this is only for one day. And God pulled this off for 40 years every single day for his people. Relax wipe your forehead and say, there's no need to be worried. I'm going to be okay. God can take care of me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Never forget, never forget how mighty the God is that you serve. There's no other God that can do anything like this. And there is no other God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. By the way, those Israelites out in the desert, they're going to need water to drink. And if they only had enough water to drink and wash a few dishes, we're not even talking about bathing. We're going to eliminate bathing. But just enough water for 3 million people to drink and to wash a couple of dishes, it would take 11 million gallons of water each day. That's enough to fill a train of tanker cars that would stretch for 1,800 miles long. Mm -mm. there's a lot going on here we can look at these stories in the bible and say well that's that that's nice but you have to understand the magnitude of miracles that god is doing to bring his people out and he can move heaven and earth to bring you out of any situation where the enemy would try to keep you subjugated to his wicked twisted limited ways God can break you loose, break you free, and set you free, and set you up, amen, so that the enemy can never touch you again. Can you shout amen? There's a lot going on in this story. Mm -mm. So the waters were a wall of water to them on their right hand and on their left. Mm -mm. Verse 23, and the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses his chariots and his horsemen a bad move for all of those soldiers remember they're trying to copy what the israelites done have done but the israelites did it in faith moses heard from god what builds faith hearing from god or hearing god talk god talked to moses and said this is what you're supposed to do moses told the israelites okay this is what we're doing this is what god said they believed God, they believed Moses, and down they went and <laughs> the something that no uh, people had ever done on the face of the earth before. And the Egyptians were like, well, uh, we're going to do it too. It's not going to work when you don't know God, when you don't have faith. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Verse 24 continues uh, by saying, now it came to pass in the morning watch. Okay, so now the morning watch is here. The Israelites are wrapping it up. And now the Egyptians on the morning watch, they're going to make their move. Why? How come they couldn't do it sooner? Because that thick, dark cloud was keeping them in darkness and was keeping them from going forward. But now there's a lifting of that, and now they're going to enter into that Red Sea. So it says that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud. I have been told that in the Hebrew, that the phrase he looked down, uh, denotes a very displeased, angry, uh, type look. So this is not God kind of just kind of watching what's going on. He's ready to get them. And it's a setup. Mm -mm. Praise God. And it says, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. This is interesting because the rabbis point out that the word troubled has the same Hebrew root word. In other words, the word trouble comes from a word that also forms the base word of the word thunder. So the rabbis teach that as the Egyptians went down into the Dead Sea, following that same path, that things begin to go terribly wrong for them and they heard thundering. God looked down. God was angry knowing that the Egyptians are trying to kill his people, and he's very displeased, and he began to thunder, and that's going to cause the horses to begin to go into a a panic mode and like a freak-out mode. That is going to begin to upset these hardened soldiers, but um, they begin to get into some serious trouble, so they get thundered on down there in that place, and you, you know, Uh, Beginning to realize what they had gotten themselves into and realizing these mountainous walls of water up against them, they realized very quickly, this uh, is not good. Verse 25, we see that God troubled the army of the Egyptians and he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them against Israel. The Egyptians. Here's another area that I want you to understand. First of all, the Israelites crossing over did not happen during the day, it happened during the nighttime. Second of all, we often see if we watch movies, we see the Israelites crossing through the Red Sea, and then we see the Egyptians hot in pursuit. And in order, I guess, to make it more suspenseful, it looks like the Egyptians are just about to catch up with them. And suddenly the water crashes in on them and overtakes them. But that's not what happened. What happened is that the people of God, many of them are already getting to the other side and they're coming up on safety. Okay. And you have those that are still trying to complete that journey. But what happens is that with the the charioteers and the soldiers up front, they actually start wanting to turn back. And so they stop. They realize, Oh, this is bad, real bad. So they put the brakes on and they said, let us flee. So they're actually trying to turn the horses around, turn the chariots around. The wheels are coming off. Uh, thundering is taking place. The horses are going into full blown panic mode. Now, the structure of the military is beginning to break down. But you know what? They they have their army pushing in behind them. So they're trying to turn around and get out of there, but they can't because while they're trying to get out, now the others are trying to get in and they're all caught. And they are caught right at the very deepest part. And so this is also giving God's people time to safely get up over on the other side. And it does appear that the wind is still blowing for God's people going this way, but now the wind is actually blowing that way against the Egyptians. And so, again, there's all kinds of miracles taking place here. There is no scientific meteorological explanation for this. This is God doing his thing. These are miracles. This, This is the stuff that only God can do. Praise the Lord. We don't need to try to help God out. No, God doesn't need any help. This is the time where God does great things. God's going to do something great for you. This is Passover. Hallelujah, God's got a Passover miracle for you. (laughs) How can you go under when you serve such a mighty God? But you need to know who you serve because he is a great mighty God and he still works miracles today. And he loves to do them also, especially during Passover, Passover 2023. Woo, glory to God. Mm. You're not going to miss your miracle. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now they said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. There was total pandemonium going on down there at the bottom of the Red Sea, total pandemonium going on. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses, I'm sure he was glad to obey that command. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth. Full depth. They went down into a deep area and came up on the other side. They were moving, praise the Lord. Time for you to get the touch of God that you need in your body because God's not done working through you, flowing through you, uh, uh, using you as his vessel of service. It's time to receive God's touch so that you can fulfill your course, and you need to be up and walking and in your sounded right mind, not bogged down and addicted to all kinds of perhaps medications or painkillers or potions and lotions. You need to go back to the Bible and believe God to touch and heal your body. Amen. We thank God for, what God for what doctors can do. We praise the Lord for the wonderful advancements that have been made in science and medicine, but there comes a point you need to stop looking yourself like a guinea pig where you're just ready to lay your body down and have them slice you and dice you and open you up and take this out and put that in and poke you and prod you and all that just believe God for your healing amen hallelujah (laughs) praise God thank you Jesus and that way you can be up and about serving God with health in your body God's very serious about your body being rejuvenated and being revitalized. Praise the Lord. That's a Passover miracle. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. They're stuck down there. And that's where they died. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst, not on the bank, in the deep part, in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, not so much as one of them remained. Now, the the rabbis, even going back ancient times, when you read the commentaries that they have recorded over the millennia and the centuries, and even the early church fathers, of course, many of them were Jewish. But as many Gentiles were at it, you had other uh, Christians that also held this same belief for the throughout the first, second, and third century. And they all understood that when this epic event happened, that Pharaoh's army was completely wiped out. Not one of them survived, but the rabbis and even the early church fathers taught that Pharaoh was actually not in that group. So he was somehow standing back, And watching, and God allowed it to be like that so that he would have to carry, Pharaoh would have to bear and carry for the rest of his life the complete shame, humiliation, and embarrassment of such an epic failure and loss. Mm -mm. Can you imagine Pharaoh going back with a few of his top leaders, you know, his generals or whatever, as they stood back while all of his charioteers and foot soldiers and all of his horsemen and all of his finest while they went down there and they're all destroyed. And he has to go back after having dealt with the, you know, humiliation of the 10 plagues, he has to go back and everybody says, well, where's the army? Well, um, Hey, that's, that's one that even the media couldn't spin. That's a narrative where the, where it's such a utter humiliating, embarrassing situation that it is what it is. Well, they're all dead. They are what, uh, what, what in the world happened? How did, how did they all die? Well, well, uh, their God did a miracle for them and we all got killed in the process. Mm -mm. So not so much as one of them or one of the army remained. But the children of Israel, by the way, let me, let me go a little bit further with that. Not so much as one of them remained. How about, how about your Passover miracle? How about not so much as one of those silly, stupid, unpaid bills remains on your desk for another week. God does something. God does a Passover blessing, a Passover miracle, a Passover release of power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God blesses you in a way where you're able to just pay all those silly bills off that are piling up, that are stacked off, that are stacked up. Just pay the silly things and get them out. Hallelujah. Because God's blessed you. The money's in the bank. How about this? Every one of those debts that would have said, we're not going anywhere. We're going to fight against you uh, for the next 35 years. But God has done a miracle. And now the debt, you can throw it into the bottom of the ocean. Because God has blessed you, and now you can go and just pay them off. And you know what? You get to say, bye-bye, Pharaoh. Bye-bye, Egypt. I'll never see you again. And you pay off that credit card. You pay off that, that company, or you pay off whatever it might be. And then going forward, you endeavor to walk in biblical safeguards where you are never touched with the Egyptian world system again. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that you couldn't take out a mortgage or something like that, but I am saying that when God sets you free, you can realize that there are other routes. You don't have to take the debt route. But first of all, let God do something special in your life. I see many of you receiving supernatural, miraculous, debt-canceling miracles where provision comes in. And you're just able to pay it off and say goodbye, go ahead and sink like a lead uh, piece of metal all the way to the bottom of the Red Sea. I'll never see you again. Amen. And I'll never miss you either. Goodbye. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Pharaoh, realizing that his ultimate plan has now become really his complete ultimate defeat. Now he has no successor on the throne. Egypt is now completely wiped out financially, economically, and uh, now you have no military. You have no army. While he must have gone back and thought, boy, I made some bad moves. That's just like the devil. Satan thought that if he could kill Jesus, then he would stop and end whatever this plan was that he had. He didn't know that by pushing this thing where it brought him to the point where he was, you know, uh, crucified on a cross, he didn't know that that actually sealed his own doom. He didn't know it until he couldn't keep Christ down. And Jesus just hung out in paradise or that center of the earth where Abraham and all of the Old Testament saints were at, and said, hang out just a little bit longer. We're going to be out of here. Uh, we got less than three days to go now, and we're coming out. Not only am I coming out, I'm taking all of you with me. And he took captivity captive, Ephesians chapter 4. And as he was on the way up, he gave gifts unto men. Hallelujah. (laughs) And he's alive forevermore. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Let's conclude. Now it says, but the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Thus, Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done. What's Passover all about? Passover is about not only just looking back and seeing in all the power of God that was released but realizing that God made a name for himself that day, and he wants to perpetuate that name by continuing to do miracles of deliverance in the life of his people. And my friends, if you will understand that on Passover, there is a, there is a time when God moves with very powerful miracles to stamp his eternal authority and blessing upon what he did on that day, by, by working in your life in such a way that you can relate to it. Now, I'm sure you don't need the rich sea to split open for you. Uh, that was something that 3 million plus people need it. But whatever it is that you need, God can do it in a way where you say, wow, God really showed his power. I think I can understand a little bit what it might've been like on that day. Praise the Lord. But I'm here to tell you that God's gonna make a way for you. God is going to make a way for you, and you're going through. You're not going to fail. You're not going to go under. You're not going to end up somehow short. You're going through all the way to victory, and that is the message of Passover that you're going through, praise God, because God's with you. God's with you, amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to lift your hands. I want, to, I want to pray for you because I believe this is going to be a powerful Passover for you. I know also that God wants you to sow your Passover offering. But let me pray for you because I want God's power to be released in your life. Please lift your hands. Father, I'm praying for your people right now. Some have already sowed their Passover resurrection seed. But Father, as your people bring in their best offering. I pray that the miracle power anointing that is on Passover that is resident during this time Uh, I pray that resurrection power, that Red Sea splitting power be released into the life of your people, that as they sow their seed, I thank you, Father God, you're going to move swiftly, that even as the angel of the Lord moves swiftly, there will be angelic activity moving very swiftly to bring about very, very rapid deliverance in the life of your people. Father, we thank you for the great miracles that you're going to do. And I pray that your people would also say that they saw the great work of the Lord and they could identify through their own Passover miracle. Now, Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Let me conclude by reading from Deuteronomy chapter 16, as we do want to honor the Lord on this special time of Passover. And this is what the Lord said about the three primary feasts. Deuteronomy 16, verse 16. Three times a year. Now listen to this. I want you to understand how blessed God wants you to be. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Booths. So you have Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. They shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. So there's three feasts that you're required to go up to, and you're required to honor back in the days of the Old Testament. Verse 14 of Exodus 23, verse 14. Three times in the year you shall keep a feast to me. You shall keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that's Passover, As I commanded you, you shall eat unleavened bread for seven days at the appointed time in the month of Abib, for in it you came out of Egypt. None shall appear before me empty-handed. I don't know what God wants you to do. I do believe that God wants you to give your best, because on Resurrection Sunday around the world, we know that's when God gave His best, His Son, and we commemorate That most sacred day, the most powerful day in the history of the world by giving our best, by giving our best offering. There's a reason for that. I'll explain it in just a moment. None shall appear before me empty handed. You shall keep the feast of harvest of the first fruits of your labor of what you sow in the field. You shall keep the feast of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather in from the field the fruit of your labor three times in the year shall all your males appear before the Lord, your God. Now here's the thing. Passover was the first one out of the big three. So you would have to go up to Jerusalem. So God, think about it. You have to go there three times a year and you got to bring your, your special offering. And usually the whole families would go. It's, it's like a vacation. So what would you need you would need to be blessed in other words today if we're going to, if you're gonna take an extended vacation like that what do you need you need extra money so god's basically saying come on up for passover and bring your bring your offering don't come empty-handed and i'm going to bless you so much that you're able to do it again for just right after this during Pentecost. I'm gonna bless you so much with such overflow that you'll be able to come up and be a blessing during the Feast of Tabernacles. So God's gonna put it on thick during Passover, and that's where we're at right now. Passover means no more lack. Because if you have lack, you can't come up for the Feast of Pentecost. If you have lack, how, how could you come up for Tabernacles? But you have to be blessed. And so Passover, we also see as a time of God eradicating lack and every trace of insufficiency out of your life. If you have not yet done so, please get your special Passover offering in either on or before April the 9th. We're only a few days away. Some of you are sending it in right now. Some of them have already arrived and myself and the team, we are praying over your very special offerings as they come in praise the Lord and I'm believing that God will allow you to connect and I know he will with that special release of resurrection red red sea splitting power praise the Lord glory to God amen father I thank you that right now your spirit is speaking to your people that they would give their best seed and they're going to have a power encounter with the miracle Passover anointing Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo! Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Now, if you're watching today's program and you don't know Jesus, but somehow you just started watching along, maybe you were just wanting to learn about Passover. Maybe you're Jewish and you don't know uh, some of these things and you're curious. But whatever your condition, if you don't know Jesus then you need to know him today and make your peace with God. Jesus is our Passover lamb. Passover centered around the lamb. And when John the Baptist saw Jesus on the bank of the river, he said, behold, he didn't say the jaguar that takes away the sins of the world. He didn't say uh, the giraffe that takes away the sins of the world. He said, behold, the lamb of God the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So he's saying Jesus is our Passover Lamb, and he certainly is. Praise the Lord. So if you don't know Jesus, you need to get your life right with God today, and he can take all of your sins away when you put your faith and trust in him. If you were a Christian, but you've fallen away from God, come back right now. Rededicate your life to the Lord in this prayer as well. Okay, let's pray. Just pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, You are the Passover lamb, and you died to pay the penalty for my sins. Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood for me on the cross. You shed all of it. Thank you for dying for me on Calvary. So Jesus, I put my trust in you. Come into my life. Wash my sins away. Jesus, I completely surrender my life to you. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for restoring me. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Those of you that were lost, that prayed that, you're now saved. Those of you that were backslidden Christians, you have now, you've prayed that, you've now been restored. Hallelujah. Keep walking with the Lord. God is making a way for you. He's got a Passover miracle for you also. Praise the Lord. Now, let's take Holy Communion today. I want to invite you to grab some unleavened bread. Okay, we're in Passover. The leaven would be a representation of sin. Okay, that's why we use the little skinny ones, the unleavened bread. And if you don't have this, just grab what you've got for now, okay? But we want to ideally use unleavened bread and some grape juice. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. Through this prayer, we bless this and set it apart as being holy. And we thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus our Passover lamb father we thank you that he was actually slain from the foundation of the world he knew exactly what he was going to do it was all planned out we thank you father God that you have a way forward for us I thank you father for every single person under the sound of my voice you have a way for them to go forward from victory to the next level of victory so father we receive the Lord's body and as we do We eat the lamb. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake of the lamb together. Praise the Lord. I'm not trying to be poetic or speak smooth words. I'm speaking the truth. When you receive the Lord's body, you are receiving the lamb. You are receiving the Passover lamb. Woo, hallelujah, healing. Receive healing in your body right now. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody's nose and nasal passageways are being healed right now. Praise God. And that's somebody you've snorted a bunch of stuff that you weren't supposed to snort. You know what I'm talking about. It's white, it's powder. Okay, you've snorted all kinds of stuff. You burned your nose up. God's healing your nose right now and is restoring your sense of smell right now. Glory, glory, receive your miracle. Hallelujah, glory, glory to God. That's a big one, amen. And that's more than one person that's getting that miracle right now. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for our healing. By his stripes, we were healed. We thank you, O God, for freedom, for breakthroughs, for miracles in the areas we need it. Hallelujah, Father, we receive the full care package that you have for us through Jesus, our Passover lamb. And now we receive his precious blood shed for us on the cruel cross of Calvary. We thank you, O God, that Jesus paid it all and we receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink together. Woo! Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Amen. Amen. The angels are working right now. Now, for those of you that want to mail in your special Passover resurrection offering, please send it to Stephen Brooks International. P.O. Box 717. Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. Now, if you want to bring it in online, you can do so from anywhere on planet Earth where you have internet, okay? Go to stephenbrooks.org. That's our website. At the top, there are headers. And, uh, you know, you'll you'll see like uh, things like pure gold and stuff like that, You, you know, different headers. You'll see the one that says giving and you can click that header that says giving and it will bring you to a an area where you can give your tithes or offerings and you can also give your special offering by just clicking that little drop down menu that says funds click that and it opens a drop down menu you'll see Passover 2023 okay you could also just go to the home page and there's an orange bracket that says projects you can click that And you'll see the picture that says Passover 2023, Resurrection Sunday. It's got the picture of the uh, empty tomb. And you can bring your offering in right there. And we are praying over your giving for you to receive your very own Passover miracle. And remember, this is the power time. This is when God likes to do some real strong stuff. I want to encourage you to release your faith release your expectancy. God loves you. I know some of you are in a place perhaps where it would be a challenge, but as you obey the Lord, that's all you have to do is just do what the Holy Spirit's leading you to do. As you obey the Lord, I believe just like they said, like Israel said, that you will be able to say, thus Israel saw or thus you saw the great work which the Lord did. I believe you're going to see it. Amen. And you'll know it's directly tied to the Passover miracle. Praise the Lord. Father, I speak blessing, blessing over your people. And I thank you that they hear the voice of your spirit and they obey. And I ask, oh God, that you would rain down a miracle upon their lives, a Passover resurrection miracle in that very area that they need as they're sowing their seed and that in that area that they need, I pray that you would do a quick miracle for them. And I thank you, father, God, that you do big miracles. You do big miracles. Thank you, father. And it'll be more than just one. Now, father, we give you all the praise. We thank you for Jesus, the Passover lamb. We thank you father, that you're still working miracles today. And you always have. So we thank you, Father God, that we are never in a place without hope. We are never in a place where we would have despair because we have access to you. We thank you that you are the great miracle-working God, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you for watching today. Thank you also for sowing your special seed. I'll be looking for it. Until then. Keep the faith. Stay strong. You're just a few days away from Passover. It's going to be tremendous. God bless you. See you real soon. Bye-bye.